Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ladies and gentlemen. Are you? You don't get that title. You've been rude as f- You get Since the title of a mother f- sitting on a couch. Are you mad because I sh- in Nick's I'm, toilet? I'm going sh- sh- like yours I'm next. Do, do it. It's don't. upstairs. We flush toilet. Bitch. Lord. I will watch you, bitch. I'm not into the whole I will watch in the you. Mouth. Is that Phil again? Yeah, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me. Cara Berry, our Summer House edition. Starting off with Martha's Vineyard before we head over to whatever the hell happened in the Hamptons. Might really could be the alternate title to Summer House. Whatever the hell is happening in the Hamptons. Um, yeah, but let's talk about Martha's Vineyard. So we're now at day four out of 15. Amir and Phil, filthy Phil, are being broken up. Amir says bullying is a huge trigger for him because he was bullied for his race. He was bullied for being a nerd, an Urkel type of dude. Now, you tell me, why when Amir said that he got bullied for being an Urkel type, did they show Nick? Why did they flash to Nick? No, didn't need to do that. Silas goes downstairs to see what happened. And Amir is like, yo, he disrespected everybody in this house. He said something about Preston's shirt being too small. He shit up all in Nick's bathroom. He said something to Alex earlier. And this shit's going to escalate. And I have no problem handling business. That was hot to me. (laughs) And I'm ashamed to say it, okay? I don't... Amir is... 
not my type. I'm not into like muscular dudes. I'm definitely not into dudes who clearly know that they're hot and are like, ugh, I'm just a little cutie. And yeah, it did something for me. I'm not going to lie about that. But I am a little bit mad about Amir, but we'll have to talk about that later. So Preston and Alex are at this point like, he's got to go. Phil has got to go. Dead ass. Shanice is going into Preston's room. She really doesn't know what happened. Like, the people that invited Phil into this house are Shanice, Bria, Bria, really. But, like, Shanice and Jordan know him or have some sort of relationship with him. So, Jordan then says in a confessional, like I said, she's never physically met Phil in person before. But Shanice has spoken to him. Bria knows him. She, Jordan herself, has spoken on the phone to uh Phil several times and she just like wants to make him feel important. Now this lasts for about five seconds because he immediately starts giving Jordan attitude about like, she's just asking, okay, what day were you supposed to be here? Like trying to figure out this whole bedroom situation. And he's like, I was supposed to be here every fucking day, blah, blah, blah. So she's like, okay, don't cuss me out. I'm just trying to figure out what's going on. Cause I'm tired of the bullshit. So Phil point blank tells her, I shit in his toilet. So Jordan waits a beat and goes, but how come? And Phil says, well, because it was my toilet. But Jordan says, but he didn't know. And Phil says, well, I didn't find that out until after the fact. So really, we should all be cussing Bria out right now. And maybe even Milo. And so Jordan has to be like, what has Milo got to do with it? And I'm asking the same thing. This poor little long-haired dachshund is catching a stray every episode and he's done nothing but be cute and try to live his best life and be an emotional support to Bria. Is the emotional support working? Um, hard to say, but you know, other than that, he seems to be like a fairly well-behaved staying out of people's way dog. So Phil's like, oh, well, you know, he made me chase him around the house. Have you ever had to do that? I'll give you $100 if you could catch Milo right now. Like, I bet you can't catch him. And then he actually, like Scott Disick style, pulls out a $100 bill and puts it next to her. So Jordan looks at him and is like, yo, this is besides the point. And then Shanice comes downstairs and Jasmine tells her, or Jordan rather, is like, he doesn't want to have a conversation with me. Like, he's being really rude. So Phil goes, well, I called you cute. I love that Jordan being called hot is like such a trigger for her. For her. <laughs> I appreciate that. So then Jordan snaps. She's like, oh my God. He said I'm cute, you guys. I'm so desperate for Phil to tell me I'm cute. Oh my God, my life is made. Thank you. And so at this point, the others are like, all right, <clears throat> we got to have like a real world style house meeting. So Jasmine comes into the room and says, okay, ladies, like, Let's go in the other room. And Phil goes, and gentlemen, <laughs> to Jordan, to which Jordan goes, are you? You don't get that title. You've been rude as fuck. You get the title of a motherfucker sitting on a couch. <laughs> and Phil says, are you mad because I shit in Nick's toilet? Because I might shit in yours next. And then she really pops off. She's like, do it. It's upstairs, bitch. And I'll watch you, bitch. Do it. I don't give a fuck. You're a fucking bitch. You got me fucked up. <laughs> I love it. I love that she's in this bubblegum pink uh, bikini being separated by like four different grown ass men 
Like, I don't give a fuck. I don't care if you're seven feet tall, bitch. I will be in your face if you violated me. (laughs) Never in anywhere on Bravo did I think I would hear a man threaten to shit in somebody's toilet and not flush for the second time. And then the response to that be like, do it, I'll watch you. (laughs) And I think somehow we're blessed for that. I felt good. Somehow. So at this point, everybody in the house, with the exception of Mariah and Phil, have a conversation. House meeting. And Jordan says, Phil's gotta go. Silas tries to implement, like, the talking football. Like, whoever gets to, whoever's holding the football gets to speak. And he gets interrupted, like, you know, uninterrupted, right? So Nick's like, I really don't think we need to do that. (laughs) Just doesn't really feel necessary. Like everybody's on the same page, but Silas insists that he'll feel better if he does it. Mind you, nobody was interrupting anybody. So Silas says, Phil has disrespected a number of people. Raise your hand if you want him to stay. Nobody raises their hand. Everybody raises their hand to him leaving. So Jasmine goes, okay, whoever invited Phil, they need to have a conversation with him about leaving is everybody else good? And Bria says, no. She says she wants to go home. And then in a confessional, Bria says, everybody's tripping out about Phil and what he's doing. But do you guys not recall what Mariah did to me before we left for dinner? So then Bria tells the group, if somebody puts their hands on somebody else, that's a problem. Jasmine says, listen, I don't even know where Mariah is right now. But Bria's like, I don't want her here. Which I think was pretty fucking unfair. Like, okay, Phil came into this house like a wrecking ball. He's been here 45 minutes and has insulted damn near everybody. He can pack his knives and go. Mariah's been here. She's has friendships with a few of the people, particularly Jasmine. I don't think it's fair that she didn't get to speak her piece or I didn't feel like the situation was so violent that she couldn't even be a part of the conversation it just seems pretty unfair so nick even tries to stick up for mariah and is like well she lives here but bria says well yeah she does live here but did she put her hands on you it's a different story so then bria tells everybody mariah's gotta leave and she says in a confessional if my friend phil's gotta go so does mariah and a story so silas says listen Bria stated that Mariah has assaulted her and Jordan says and it's shitty because I fuck with Mariah heavy but what she did was some bullshit and that's it. Silas says that he recommends that if somebody gets physical they just have a general house rule. If there's any physicality that happens in the house they need to draw the line and that's it regardless of what it was. So Jasmine says okay I'm gonna be the one to have a conversation with Mariah But then in a confessional, she's upset. She's like, Mariah's my best friend. But at the same time, I didn't see her put her hands on Bria. But if I'm going to prioritize everybody else's comfort, I've got to make a difficult decision. So then the screen tells us that we're now five hours post-poo. Preston's walking around. He's feeling very awkward because Mariah and Phil are in the kitchen, not knowing that everybody just kicked them out. And so he doesn't want to be like, you know, like truly like that little, little women Atlanta, like, Hey, how y'all doing? (laughs) You know, like awkward, right? 
Zanine runs up to the room. Bria then calls Phil over. She is sitting on the couch, chilling, wrapped up in her blanket, real nonchalantly. It's like, Phil, I don't know what you did, but everybody downstairs wants you gone, so you gotta go. So Phil starts telling, he's like yelling like, it's actually your fault for not leaving the lo- the note, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, does that justify you shitting in a toilet and then not flushing? <laughs> Great question. So at that point, production and security, get him a car. He's out. I yeah, what a long night. Because didn't he like miss his flight? <laughs> miss his flight. All that travel. It's not easy to get into Martha's Vineyard. Where did he go? Hopefully there was a room at the inn for him. So it's now like well after 2 a.m. And Jasmine still needs to have this conversation with Mariah. So she's stressing out. But then, once again, she loses me in a confessional when Jasmine's like, you know, I've just been extra cautious about my friendships lately since the wedding. What does this have to... Never mind. It's like, like I said, it's like 2.30 at this point. I'm assuming production left with Phil. We're sent home. And so we only really see this conversation between Jasmine and Mariah uh, from like whatever cameras that they have set up 24 hours, right? So Jasmine is like, listen, neither you nor Bria should have gotten to the point where you guys got to. And what breaks my heart is that you had such a beautiful night with that moon mass and it was so great. And the people are saying that you touched Bria. So Mariah says, I want to know who saw me touch her. And honey, the answer to that would be all of us. All of America saw you touch her. Was it like, did you clock her clean in the forehead? No, but you touched her. <laughs> you did. So Jasmine says it's hard for her because she wasn't there. She didn't see it, but She's just trying to treat everybody the same. And she says, Mariah, you know I love you, girl, but Bria brought you up as a problem, and I have to handle it the best way I know how. And we think that going home might be the best thing for you. Mariah takes it, like, very somberly, I would say. She says in a confessional that she's extremely shocked and wonders, like I was wondering, why Jasmine would be so comfortable having conversations about her without her there. They end up breaking up for the night, going back to their bed. And it's just like kind of kind of a sad thing. So then later, because it seems like maybe people went hot tubbing after the situation, because a lot of them are in bathing suits, but we didn't see any footage of this. So Shanice is in a bathing suit. And here's the situation. It seems like she and Preston have to share a bathroom. And it's not like a Jack and Jill situation like there's a separation like their bedrooms are on either side of the bathroom but you have to like access it through your door you know you know what I mean like it's not a it's not connected to their rooms just happens to be in between their rooms so she goes oh she's in that up where up upstairs space saying like oh was somebody there because she heard somebody and then she looks in that other room she goes oh it's just you Preston And she was like, oh, I thought it was Amir. And then she kind of says, like, I want to fuck him. I want to fuck Amir. So then she tells Preston, I'm about to hop in the shower, but if you need anything, just come in. Don't worry about it. And he's like, no, I'm I'm about to go to bed. But then Amir knocks on that bathroom door. And Shanice is like, oh, I'm in here. Who is it? And when he says it's Amir, she's like, oh, no, come in. 
And he's like, no, 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 like, it's cool. So he goes into Preston's room to sit down. They're like, you know, making a little small talk, right? So then Shanice comes out of the bathroom. Nothing with a blue thong on and a smile. And she's like, who just knocked? Who knocked on the door? And when Amir's like, uh, me? (laughs) She's like, oh, are you trying to shower? Okay, don't worry, it's just boobs. Just boobs. I'll be done in like 10 minutes. Sorry for the boobies. And they're like, oh, you know, it's, it's, it's okay. <laughs> so when she goes in the bathroom, Amir looks at the camera that they have in the corner of this bedroom. And he goes, did you see that? Did you guys get that? Just give me a nod if you guys got that. And the camera starts nodding up and down. <laughs> Probably one of the best fourth wall breaks in all of Bravo history. Amir says in a confessional, I know that 21-year-old Amir would see this opportunity that's in front of him, but I have a crush on Jordan and sleeping with her best friend in the same house is not going to win me any brownie points. Wow, if only all men could realize that. (laughs) So the next morning, Amir goes into the little guest house to check on Mariah before she leaves and he's like, listen, I I feel bad, but at the same time, Bria didn't feel comfortable and that's something that the house makes have to take seriously. But Bria says in a confessional that she feels really embarrassed about Phil and the Phil she knows took her under his wing, claimed her as a sister, but she does not know who this person is. So then Jasmine and Mariah have like another emotional meeting before Mariah leaves and they're hugging and just talking about how difficult it is. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Shanice is out by the pool calling Phil with Bria saying, Hey, all you have to do was apologize. That was a lot. Why does Mariah have to leave? But he just gets to apologize when he like thoroughly pissed everybody off. Phil's response to that is what? Like, what's a big deal? Shitting in somebody's bathroom. That's hilarious. That's really funny. And then he refuses to apologize. He's like, fuck you guys. Bye. And hangs up on them. So then Mariah's got to take her little neck pack and go and be like, you know, I'm really mourning my friendships because not only did they take Bria's side, they forgot who I really am. And so she ends up leaving and and Jasmine cries again. Um, I will say that I saw on Preston's Twitter, perhaps, that he said he's still friends with Mariah, loves her down. There were things that we did not see that made him feel like she should go in addition to or maybe he didn't feel like the Bria situation was that big of a deal but like there was other stuff going on that he didn't want to like blow up or spot about he was like she probably should have left so I will say that so everybody's getting on with their morning we're making breakfast Amir's somehow procured a ladder so that he can fix his drapes and Jasmine makes a comment about how like Amir's always doing something he's always up to something he's sauteing on a pan he's got the ladder out and then Amir goes yeah and I'm also like low-key adding the long wrong laundry in and starting an entire house fight Amir so Jordan goes did you put the dog shit in with the clothes and he's like yeah I mean I just threw stuff in there and then when they asked why didn't you say anything he's like well it was too far gone Then he claims that he tried to say something. And we see a flashback to this argument where Jasmine's trying to figure out what happened. Because she's like coming in in the middle of this fight, right? And he's behind everybody like 
kind of raising his hand, like, oh, um, I got something to say. But, like, literally, nobody's even facing his direction. So this little uh, quarter-up hand that you've got going here, nobody's seeing it. And then he just, like, well, oh, well, gives up. <clears throat> no, Amir, you could have squashed this whole thing, not had Mariah get kicked out of the house, not had all this thing kick up between the two women, or any of the women. Jasmine's in tears every 10 minutes. Why did he do this? Why did he not speak up? Because that would have been the end of it. Ah, that's, that's not good. I hope he apologized to Mariah for that. And also, like, that's a, now that I'm really thinking about it, like, that's a check. She's a single mother. That sucks. He should give her some of her che his check. Later that day, they decide to have, like, a field day at the beach, but before... They leave. Alex decides to pull up his list of affirmations on his phone and do his little mantras. Like, I have complete access to creative genius. Is that an affirmation? Okay. Then he says that there was a point in his life where he was a fuckboy who was dishonest in order to get what he wanted. And that what he realized is that he needed to give himself grace. Because unless you do that, you're always going to hurt somebody else. Y'all see why I have a problem with hippies? What does that mean? You have to be nicer to yourself so you're not shady to other people? Okay. What are you giving yourself grace with? Giving yourself grace in order to not hurt other people. I don't understand that. <laughs> Maybe what he was trying to say is like, I used to be bad to myself and so therefore I treated other people poorly and so I had to like give myself the grace to be kind to myself before I could give that to others. That would make sense. Not what he said, but that's what would make sense to me. Um, so then he comes out of his meditation. He comes out of his meditation, looks straight at Shanice and tells her personal space, Shanice. That's what I'm watching with you because you don't know personal space and you were grabbing me last night. The flashback that we see from the dinner was like, they were talking. It seems like, there was like a group lively conversation. Maybe she was trying to like, oh, get his attention. And she kind of like grabbed his wrist. But like, not in like a, ugh, I, I don't know, whatever. He felt some type of way about it. I don't really like to be touched like that either. But okay. To me though, why are you saying this? Like, because they're all pulling around waiting to go to the beach. Why are you saying that in front of other people? Like, oh, like, and, and the way he said it was like, you need to watch your personal space. And it, to me, it's just very like othering, very like finger waggy and very like intentionally embarrassing and making her seem like a fucking creep in front of people, you know, especially if you're not explaining what the issue is. So then... Alex says in a confessional that Shanice is technically his type, but he's heard and seen things that he just doesn't feel like it's his business to talk about. So then sh they're getting in the car and it's like the guys and girls are in separate cars. And so Shanice is telling the girls in the car what happened and what he said. And Jordan is annoyed with Alex as she should be because she's like, well, whatever his issue is, he should have brought it up with you in the moment because you don't have a chance to rectify it unless he does. And then 
now you're insecure because he's not telling you anything. So now you're like in your head, how long has he been thinking about this? What has he said to other people? What is he feeling? What's the issue? Right? Like in your mind. So then Amir tells the guys in the guy's car that he saw Shanice's boobs and how she was trying to have a conversation with her top off. But, you know, worse things have happened. So Silas asks, is there a reason why you're not pursuing Shanice? But Amir's like, well, I'm trying to go for Jordan. So Silas is like, okay, um, does anybody else want to say that they're attracted to Jordan? We want to just put that all out on the table? And Alex is like, well, I think we are. <laughs> to which Silas says, Alex, you have to understand why I'm a little taken aback when you say that you're into somebody, right? So Amir asks, like, okay, how do you get to know a woman? Like, what's, why is he saying that? Is it based on, like, an intellectual connection first? And he says yes. And then they all kind of agree that he's a sapiosexual. <laughs> I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. I, I mean, it's, like, in, attracted to somebody's mind, right? But I think or my understanding is that it could be anybody. It's not like I'm only attracted to women that are intelligent. That isn't a sapiosexual. <laughs> that's just you liking smart women. <laughs> After that, Nick says that he and Jordan had an instant brother-sister vibe. And Silas is like, really? If she was thrown at you, you wouldn't catch it? Nick says no, and all the guys are like, no, that's cap. I don't believe that for one second. Nick says, you can say if you're whatever you want, guys, but like ultimately it's what I would want to do. And Silas is like, all right, cap. <laughs> Silas then says in a confessional that he's never seen Nick shoot his shot in person. He'll slide into a DM... Clearly, but when it comes to like face to face, he just doesn't really do anything. And then Alex says in a confessional that there's something that he feels like Nick is ruminating on. And a producer asks Nick in a confessional, Is there anything that you're not telling people? He just sits there. And then they ask Alex the same thing, and he says, I'm not really clear on what Nick wants, but I think he's being intellectually dishonest right now. Then everybody has a field day. Nick and Alex go for a walk in the beginning. And Nick tells him he's just like getting really tired of everybody asking him how he's feeling about different girls in the house. If he's feeling Jordan or Shanice. And Alex says, well, I don't think anybody really is doing that except for Silas. And so Nick says, well, I feel like Silas wants another couple in the house to hang out with, which is fair, but I'm about to drop a bomb. Elsewhere on the beach, Bria's telling Shanice, you need to have a talk with Alex and figure out what's going on. And she's like, you need to do it. I've really never known you to be confrontational, but this needs to be the time. So before the games begin, Jasmine actually gives us a really beautiful, well, Dark, well, I don't want to use that word either. Uh, uh, enriching history of the beach that they're on, Inkwell Beach, and how this was like the first black, predominantly black beach in the area, and how the white residents or visitors would call it Inkwell Beach because the black people look like little dots of ink on the beach. So, thanks. <laughs> Cool guys. Uh, I will say, however, Amir does win me over legitimately with his 
excitement about being black and educating and learning the history. Cause he says in a confessional, you know, he grew up in Texas. They just give you a very general history. According to him, there's like not real black history happening. So to be here on the beach talking with black people about black history is just like, wow, I'm part of this. It's like, he really seems to like want to absorb the community. And I appreciate that he does or that he at least seems to. Now, y'all know I don't care about sports, but it is worth mentioning that during a field game, uh, they were doing uh, picking teams, you know, classic middle school style and uh, Jasmine got picked last. And even then it seems like a difficult choice between her and Milo. (laughs) And that's sad. That's sad for her. After the game, Amir takes, makes Alex take some thirst traps of him running down the beach until he ends up stepping on a shell and hurting himself. And then after that, he decides, okay, maybe I need to put in some time with Jordan for a little one-on-one talk. So he starts to tell us about his playbook, which is a play-by-play book on what it takes to win over the most attractive woman that you want. Number one, keep flirting, but make it discreet because if there's no vibe, you got to be able to pull it back and be cute about that. Honestly, don't know if we went to number two, didn't hear anything. Um, They had a conversation and he got real confused about her, Jordan saying that she sleeps with socks on. That really seemed to be the end of the playbook. So anyway, after that, we finally have this conversation with Shanice and Alex. Clearly Shanice is very nervous because she sits down and is like, so uh, <laughs> what's this personal space thing? Like, that was awkward, <laughs> wasn't it? Like when you s- said that this morning and I was like, whoa, guess I'm not going to talk to you today <laughs> or say anything like, oh, bye. <laughs> oh, you know, because like I'm trying to respect you. <laughs> and Alex was like, yeah, got it. <laughs> Nothing. Then he says in a confessional, I can tell that Shanice is a sweet person, but the night before I was sent an article. So we need to get into this because the screen pops up and it says something like, oh, insecure star has a stalker ex-girlfriend or whatever. So I found this article from blacksportsonline.com. Alex said that he did see this, uh, guy talk about it on the breakfast club i guess but uh the major outlets were not discussing this we'll say that so here we'll go the article says actor norman towns who was known for having parts in insecure and the affair is going through a breakup right now and it's really nasty he uploaded the details on his instagram and i and man i feel bad for him because it would seem that now his his now ex shanice jordan is stalking him like big time Town says that he broke up with her after he saw a message of her saying that she slept with him one night, someone else the next night, and was planning on sleeping with an NFL player the night after, and she isn't taking the breakup well. He says that he doesn't know what to do because he's blocked her on all of her social media, had to change his number, and that she sent explicit pictures to companies that he's working with. Uh, she's sleeping outside of his house. She made fake accounts in his name, sending food to his door, constantly emailing him every day. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. He provided evidence. And, um, what I'm looking at right now is a call log in which it seems like, uh, he had her listed as stalker or Shanice Jordan. 
And then he listed uh, all these numbers that were just, you know, out there in the open. So I don't know. It, of the call log, it seems like, oh, here's a, a video. Uh, oh, hold on one second. Okay, so this was not a screenshot. It's actually a video of a screen recording that he took. And it says in the beginning, uh, it's an Instagram story. Block her number, they said. These are all the fake numbers. Mind you, I never blocked a number before. And he's just like scrolling. And, and scrolling. And scrolling. This is a... Uh, ooh. He's scrolling for about 45 seconds of all the numbers <laughs> that I called her. Random numbers. It looked like she maybe found like Google numbers or something. Like or I'm seeing all different types of area codes and stuff like that. So then the next one is... Uh, an Instagram story of him saying, I was dating a woman named Shanice, Miss Shanice Jordan, and I broke it off for reasons I'll keep private out of respect for her, but it just didn't work out. Unfortunately, she hasn't taken our breakup well and has been harassing me to the point where I don't know what to do. I blocked her on all socials and had to change my number. She sent explicit numbers. Okay, that's just basically what I said. But then he goes, um, you know, if any of my followers have been through something similar with a man or woman and have helpful advice, I would love some. The police haven't been as helpful. Thanks in advance. This is deep. And then he posts a screenshot of her Instagram and it says, this is who is harassing me and others. I have pressed full charges against her. So it's all going to work out, but I'll share the story here. And yeah, then he's just like more screenshots that he said, I randomly saw this message on her computer and it's between her and this guy named Aaron, where she says, I just fucked Norman last night, tonight, Jordan. And tomorrow this, there's this NFL player in town that I'm seeing SMH. I need to go home. And the person goes, you wildin'. She goes, yeah, I know nothing new though. <laughs> And then she goes, it would be weird for me to not be doing this. LOL. And that person says, very true. Uh, Yeah. Then there's more (sighs) messages that she sent. Um, One says HBO is the the title. And the message says, I swear to God, if you don't reply and keep ignoring me, uh, I'll fuck your career up since you want to ignore me. I'm fucking your shit up. You keep ignoring me. Not stopping. Fucking your shit up. Since you want to ignore me, I'm fucking your shit up. I'm sending HBO everything. You want to treat me like, and then it kind of cuts off. And then there's another message that says, I'm not leaving your apartment. I'm not leaving your place. Why was, uh, clearly this person's name is Taylor at your place. Um, and then he says, they're just like messages and they look like 1224, 1255, 1259, a couple ones after that. Uh, yeah. So it's not great. It's... (laughs) Not not great evidence, I will say that, in, in Shanice's favor. But a producer then asked Shanice in a confessional, what's the situation with you and your ex? And it's almost like she short-circuited. She's like, she just stares like, uh, uh. Then she finally says, I dated my ex for a year. He's an up-and-coming actor using air quotes and he was coming up with these like lies on Instagram story and they went out on the blog. So then Jasmine says that when Shanice broke up with this dude, Norman, she thinks that Norman just wanted revenge and he was saying things where like she was threatening and stalking and all this stuff. And then the Bria says that those rumors are not true. Shanice is not that person. Cut to Shanice back in the confessional be like, 
Uh, I'm not going to lie. I did do some of those things like call him. But then Jasmine says, but if he doesn't answer the phone call, of course it's going to say 18 missed calls. (laughs) Jasmine, you're not helping. And then Shanice says, listen, he tried to press charges, but they wouldn't give him a restraining order because he was still texting me. And then Alex comes around and says, well, he just doesn't think that Shanice has the type of vibe that he wants to be around. Now, listen, I am getting the vibe that Shanice is a little bit unhinged. However, Alex is giving dry. Okay, so like, I don't know why he keeps acting like he's the prize. And because you heard this one story on like, Black Sports Online, or somebody sent you a link that like, you need to be treating her this weird, especially if you're not going to say what the issue is. (laughs) That's rude, you know? After that, they decide to pack things up because too many geese end up on the beach and they're like, "Mm -mm, we're not doing this, we're out. So they go back home for like family steak dinner and it's like everybody's contributing, right? Preston's going to be making the mac and cheese and so he's asking him like, what's your process, right? So Amira's like, so what do you do with your mac and cheese? Do you do like a breadcrumb or like Preston's like, no, I'm black, okay? And then Amir goes... Okay, well, do you do crackers? And Preston goes, what was that? Like more of a pun? No. (laughs) Preston says in a confessional, let's be clear. Breadcrumbs on mac and cheese is a surefire way to never be invited into a black ass home ever again. I have to make an admission. I have made mac and cheese with a breadcrumb. However, this was by myself, okay? And it was Ina Garden, who I know and love and trust my other biological mother. And I was, like I said, I was by myself. Would I have ever brought that to, again, my black ass home? No, no, we don't do that. We don't do that. But I have had mac and cheese with a breadcrumb and it's not bad. It's not bad. Um, so then Amir tells everybody that his mom's version of mac and cheese is just Velveeta. And they're like, girl, bye. But I think he was joking because he did say that he grew up being a picky eater. Because of that, his mom uh, enrolled him in these cooking camps, which was like the best thing. I didn't even know you could do that. I'm like going to have a kid so I can send them to cooking camp. That sounds dope. Is that what those kids on MasterChef Junior be doing? Is that is that how they get good? I don't watch that show. Anyway, um, <laughs> this is why I love black people. And this is why I appreciate this show. This is like a culture that I think, a cultural moment that I think if you're black, you get it. The girls who get it, get it. If you don't know, this is how black people will roast you. And I, and I really, really appreciate it. First of all, Jordan and Amir are talking about the steaks because he's going to be cooking them. And they're talking about how like thick they are and you know, how, how am I going to prepare them and the juices and the juices being brought back into the steak. And Preston and Bria are just looking at them. Like, making it so obvious. They're holding each other. And they're just staring at them like, oh, look at these two lovers in love. <laughs> and it's so funny. I don't think other people can do that. And then, later, <laughs> Silas is in the kitchen yelling, hey, baby, hey, baby, baby, to uh, Jasmine. And everybody, the whole house is like, dog, you say that every four minutes. <laughs> and then they all start screaming, baby. Baby, 
<laughs> but he takes it and it's all love. Like, this is just how we joke with each other. You just call them out. We're all laughing. We're all kikiing. And it's all love. Like, if this happened in the Hamptons, tears, crying, screaming, throwing up. <laughs> like, if this were my family... And I think this happens in like every black family. There's at least one person who can sing and is also very funny. Don't let us find a harmony or rhyme to what you did. We roast you and then all of a sudden we're singing some sort of gospel themed cover about whatever fucked up shit you did. And it's the funniest thing. God, I I love black people. (laughs) And I love this show. Anyway, Jasmine and the girls start talking about how like they're going to be planning a boys night girls night maybe we'll get together at the end right but all the girls are like nah like y'all don't understand how we women party right and so jordan's like well what is your what does a guy's night entail and amir says well no you go first and jordan very slyly sarcastically goes well i know we're not going to be staying out until like three or four in the morning are we silas right and so Silas goes, I thought we were in a good place, Jordan. As long as you bring her home before 3 a.m., that's, I'm good. So then Jasmine and the girls start talking about, like, you know, y'all don't get it for real. We used to work in the club, okay? We're going to be throwing ass in the circle, popping bottles, free drinks. And a, Silas immediately is like, no free drinks. Nope, not happening. So Jasmine's like, why? I don't really see an issue with that. And Silo says, well, if you accept a free drink from a wrong guy, they're going to take it the wrong way. But Jasmine's like, I think you guys are just intimidated. And that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Silo says in a confessional, exactly what we've all been thinking. He has no idea how Jasmine is around her friends because their relationship has barely got its sea legs. They dated they were hot and heavy probably only hanging out with each other quarantined with each other for six months before they got engaged he doesn't know what it's like when she's stumbling in from the club he doesn't know when she's having girls night like normal because they met april of 2020 like were they living in new york at that time they weren't going anywhere (laughs) like you couldn't even go to starbucks couldn't go to like a fast food place like you people barely in the streets like you you weren't going anywhere anywhere so he doesn't know this jasmine jasmine with her friends which is his problem so anyway then it becomes this thing of like shanice is like oh yeah jasmine this one she likes to get drunk and she kind of alludes to a situation but then everybody's like, oh, but Silas already knows that. And Silas is like, I know, what do I know? So we find out that Shanice, according to Shanice, Jasmine passed out at work once. So Jasmine explains she and Shanice were working that night. But they decided to go to a party in Brooklyn before their job in Manhattan. But then they decided to go to another party, never go to a second location. And it was that. Shanice says Jasmine passed out on her shoulder snoring. But Jasmine said, they're telling two different stories. Jasmine says Shanice is the one who got sent home. But she was able to pull it together because she doesn't play with her coin. But then Shanice says, we definitely got fired from the Playboy Club. It was a mess. (laughs) So Silas is like, okay, I didn't know about that. 
And then they go back in the bathroom, or bedroom, rather. And, like, he's trying to have a conversation with her, right? <clears throat> so everybody's like, okay, Preston, you're Silas's line brother. You guys went to college together. What was he like before this relationship? And Preston's like, honestly, I don't really see much of a difference. But all the other girls are like, oh, well, Jasmine is, like, completely different. We've seen a totally different side of Jasmine since she got married. Jordan says in a confessional, I don't think that Silas realizes the Jasmine pre-pandemic. She's struggling. And frankly, I am too. Because what are we going to do? Go to tea parties? No. Thank you. Next. So then Jasmine in the bedroom kind of blanks Silas in the moment. Like, I, I'm not going to talk about this right now. But then she heads over into the truth booth and says, marriage is uh, it's bittersweet. Honestly, the idea, like, am I going to be doing this decade after decade after decade? It does scare me. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know... When it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. You're three months in, babe. Uh-oh. <laughs> so then Preston starts talking about how he is in a different position in his relationships, being a gay man, because, you know, there's not this narrative of one person needs to be protective over the other in the way that Silas is doing to Jasmine. And Amir says, yeah, there are actually a lot of women in Texas who would say that, like, if their man wasn't behaving like Silas was, that they would actually be very upset about it. So then we start talking about types. Jordan asks Nick, who is your type? And he says, my preference is black women, but I'm kind of seeing somebody. And then everybody is like, oh, is that your girlfriend? And he says, yes, feels good to get it out. 
So everybody in the moment is like, oh, cool. Why was this a bomb? I know why it's a bomb. Because Bria says in a confessional, are you kidding? You're seeing somebody, but you've been in my DMs, Jordan and Shanice's DMs. And then Jordan says in a confessional, oh, so the fire emojis in my DMs. Okay. And then Shanice says in a confessional, wait, Nick has a girlfriend? (laughs) Before coming in the house, Nick sent me a DM saying he wanted to marry me. And then I laughed and he said, don't laugh. And then I said, I'm sorry, I just don't really know you very well. And he says, well, you will soon. Why not just say you have a girlfriend? That's just the fuck boy you are. Why did he keep this? I need to know the timelines of his relationship and these DMs. Because the way the women are presenting it, that he was DMing it, like, it sounded like he found out uh, that they were all going to be on the show together. He was looking at their IGs and was like, oh, let me plant some seeds before we get into this house. And then that didn't happen. I also find it very interesting how they presented him having a girlfriend as the big news. Like, they made it sound like the, Nick has a secret. I don't think, Alex, like you said, I don't think he's being intellectually honest right now. Why is it that we don't see Nick actually hitting on girls? Like, I thought we were going in a very different direction. But I guess that's not the case. Um, I'm very interested in seeing where we go with this. What was Nick thinking? What was any of us thinking? Anyway, what was Danielle thinking? Let's move on to Hamptons. Come on! I have been through every single breakup that you've ever had. You're right. And you don't think that I want you to be happy? But do you want to know why? The Because the second that I started dating Carl, you said no. If you see it from that perspective, Lindsay, you are so wrong. You don't think that I would have put everything aside and been there with fireworks for you? Oh, because you've proven otherwise this summer, Danielle? I would have done everything for you. Everything. I'm sure. Don't look at me with your smug face right now. Why are you yelling at me? I don't. Because you don't get it. I do you get don't it. get how much I care for you. And the fact no, that No, I don't. Because of how you've treated me this summer, I don't. For this summer, I've been here for you for all right, y'all, let's get into the finale of Summer House. I mean, listen, I think the vast majority of us thought we were going to be in a very different place emotionally with regard to everything that went down with Danielle and Lindsay. And I I have feelings and I will express them. So let's get into it. Start off the episode. Carl and Lindsay are back in the house. <clears throat> For the final night, excuse me. And, you know, it's, it is. Kyle's very shocked. Carl says to Kyle, personally, I just want you to know, like, for me, I do appreciate you being supportive the other night. Because when they left to go to Southampton Social in that, uh, in the parking lot, and Kyle was just like, what am I, like, chopped liver? I, thank you. Thank you for that. So Kyle says to him, I really hope that you understand that I was just doing my best to try to help you see the other side. And Carl says, I appreciate that. But last week really cut me to my core. And I feel like I was made out to be this bad guy when I went out of my way and I just needed some space. 
So Kyle says, I totally get it. I get the space. But in a way, things did kind of become a bigger deal than what it could have been. Lindsay tells Kyle, totally, I hear you. But uh, Carl's mental health is what comes first. That's the most important thing. If he needed a day, that's what we did. We got away. Carl says in a confessional that this summer, it's just been like a constant questioning of his actions his behavior how he's changing and at that point he had just had enough and some of his closest friendships have been toxic and he's had to just do what he had to do and if that means taking a little break for a night then so be it but he also wants to be able to show his face because he loves and i quote most of the people (laughs) in the house it's like well let's be more specific can't shall we Anyway, Kyle suggests to the both of them, you need to talk to Danielle. And Lindsay's like, I'm happy to talk to her, but I'm not sure about Carl. And Kyle says, okay, I just suggest that you maybe have your talk a little bit sooner than later. So then we get started for the party. And Lindsay is doing this thing where I'm like, oh, okay. Danielle should have picked up on this immediately because she's calling all over the house for Gabby, Gabby, Gabby. Where's Gabby? I need you. Gabby, please remember that you need to help me with my outfit. Gabby, how are you? Gabby. Oh, I'm so excited to see you. Gabby, even though you're in the same room with Danielle. Gabby, I love you. (laughs) If I had seen that and I was Danielle, I would have been like, okay, bet. I know what it is. She didn't get that indication. Why? I'm not sure. Because Danielle is looking at this in a confessional like, great, they're back. Like, this is a time or an opportunity that possibly we can, like, turn things around. I want them to finish the summer out with us, so I'm feeling very hopeful. Lindsay says in a confessional, which I feel like people didn't really... I don't know. I felt like this hit my eardrum a little bit harder than maybe other people's. But she says in a confessional. Now, mind you, she just said to Kyle, Carl's mental health is what's more important. And so if we need to leave, we got to leave. And that's it. But she says in a confessional that Carl doesn't take well to disappointing people because he's a people pleaser. And if he can't please everybody, it affects his whole self-esteem. And she's just like, yo, you can't run away when the going gets tough because that's not how life works. You can have a day. And I'll support you in that, but then we're going back. These are the little things where I'm like, (sighs) Danielle does maybe have a little bit of a point here. Because (sighs) to feel like what I would be getting, and granted, I am a sensitive Sally. If that were me, if I were Carl, and I saw my partner being like, well, she's a people pleaser. It just like completely throws her off the rails if she can't please everybody and like you know you can't just run away I just find it hard to square his mental health is most important to like you're a people pleasing pussy basically (laughs) and like I'll support you but only for a day you only get 24 hours and then you got to get your shit together like does she tell him this is what I want to know Or does she just, like, let it annoy her? We have to give a shout out to Sierra for fully committing to yet another costume by doing full blue face makeup to go with her avatar, her uh, seemingly sexy avatar onesie. I don't know. I don't know. But she looked great. (laughs) I miss Karma Brown. 
But whatever this Avatar version is, I appreciate the commitment and the the fact that the ears kept falling off basically the whole episode. The Sierra's main storyline is like her digging around in the backyard for her ear, her other ear. So then Oliver shows up to the party. Maya hits him with a real uh, cold Duggar style side hug and says in a confessional, that after she got that weird DM, she kind of asked Oliver about it via text and he glossed over it. So she thought it was kind of weird, but she's trying to make the best of things. Like it's the last weekend. And then she's like, you know, I want to just enjoy myself, but this is a private situation between Oliver and I, and we'll discuss it when it's time. And with that, I think Maya made a very uh, big mistake. Huge. If she wants to be on this show, I think she just made a mistake. Sam is in the kitchen with her boyfriend. Well, he takes a shot and he spits it into her mouth like true romance. Sam says in a confessional, I feel like we're on the same page and we're connecting on real levels now. Like, this is no longer pull my hair, spit in my mouth. This is like, maybe this could go to the distance. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, it is, Sam. Anyway, Danielle is speaking to her friends, like her off the show friends that are at this party about how she needs to approach talking to Carl Lindsay. And she tells them the thing is Carl has been saying that he doesn't want to return to the house with like toxic negativity. And I'm feeling like if that's how you feel about me, dude, like you don't know me. He's never known me. Then Craig starts having a little conversation with Amanda about moving in what was it like for you and Kyle where were you guys at in your relationship and she says well I told Kyle like I didn't want to move in unless we were engaged so Craig asks how do you think I can get closer to engagement to Paige from where we are now and Amanda says I just think you guys need to spend like longer stretches of time together like really make it seem like you guys are living together and so Craig tells her I just feel like we're nervous Because what if it doesn't work out? Like, she's like, yeah, well, that's what it is. Like, you date until you get married or you break it up. That's, that's the rule. (laughs) So shit starts getting a little bit weirder with Maya and Oliver because they're over at the, well, Oliver is talking to some random, looks like a school teacher with a maxi skirt on at the outdoor bar, right? Just a whatever conversation. At one point she asks, what's your name? They're just talking about, you know, just innocuous stuff. He introduces himself. They shake hands. Maya clearly is like <laughs> laser focused on everything that Oliver is doing. And she goes, Oliver, get over here. So he gets over there and she's like, what are you even doing right now? What's even going on? Sierra asks, are you okay, girl? She's like, yeah, I'm fine. And then she grabs Oliver to like a desolate part of the backyard and she asks him, are you mic'd up? He says, yeah. She's like, okay, well, never mind. But can you stop mingling with other women, please? And he's like, yeah. And then she walks away mumbling, fuck Oliver. So here's my question. Was this ever addressed? Why is he here if you're so mad at him? <laughs> Why is he here? Why would he feel comfortable coming? Why would you let him through the door? I can't imagine getting a weird ass DM from some random person being like, are you an Oliver exclusive? 
and not calling him, just sending like a text and he glosses it over. Like, what did the, what did you say to him? (laughs) And what did he say in response? And also like, I just feel like, okay, if I'm not getting a clear answer as to whether or not you hooked up with somebody else while we were together, then maybe I'll talk to you when we're back in the city and I'm going to enjoy my weekend at the show that I'm on and not give you any camera time. If you really wanted this shit to be private, why didn't you just wait like 24 hours to talk about this when you guys get back home? I'm not understanding. Her, Maya's behavior is very strange this whole episode and I'm thinking what's happening is a combination of trying to hold it all together while she's falling apart and because of that she's overcompensating she's trying to have the most fun she's probably drinking a little bit too much and then it's coming out in these like weird ways that don't make sense to other people and then you're like trying to have this conversation, but then realize that you're on a television show and then you're like, okay, we got to stop. And then you you keep coming back to him with this stuff and it's just not making sense to me. Like, tell him to leave. <laughs> tell him to leave so you can enjoy yourself. It's not like it even makes sense for him to be there, really. I mean, nobody would miss him. He's been a non-motherfucking factor this whole season. So it's not like, oh my God, uh, this finale would have been missing Oliver. (laughs) I just, I'm not understanding like what is going on here. Why is he here? But anyway, Craig ends ends up taking Paige aside and he tells her, I just spoke to Amanda and you know, I'm starting to understand our relationship more. And so Paige says to him, I just kind of feel like you are putting a lot of pressure on our relationship. And he says, well, here's the thing. I want to have kids in five years. She says, me too. And he says, in order to get that, I need to get married. In order to do that, I need to get engaged. In order to do that, I need to start moving in with somebody. So really, like, now really is sort of the time where we at least need to have very serious conversations about this, right? So Paige says, I get that. I just feel like you get scared that if we don't hit these certain benchmarks at a time then you think I'm just going to run away from you. But let me tell you, the last time I had this conversation about where are we going with an ex-boyfriend, I broke out into hives. I thought I was going to have to go to the hospital. I'm here. Like, I know in my gut that this is the right thing for me. So I'm just not feeling it. The pressure, the way that you are. And so basically she tells him, I think the next step for us is... We need to be at a place where like, if you need to be in Charleston, I need to be there with you. If I need to be in New York, you need to be there with me. And so she asked him like, do you want to move in? He says, okay, yeah. Next time I'm going to bring a couple of big bags with me and whatever. They ride off into the sunset. But what I'm hearing, what I was hearing, and you tell me if you're picking up what I'm putting down, is Paige basically just saying cleverly, let's just agree to be on each other's shows. Let's, let's make the commitment. To where if I need to be in New York, you're with me. And if you need to be in Charleston, I'm using air quotes here, then I'm with you. And I think Craig took that as like, oh, I'm moving in. And I think Paige is just like, yeah, I'll I'll give you a drawer. We can do that. (laughs) 
Amanda and Kyle have a brief talk about like Lindsay and Danielle and their state yet, whether or not they've talked. And Amanda's like, uh, no, they haven't. But I do feel like Danielle's really willing to work on things to which Kyle says, yeah, I don't think Lindsay is not at all. Which is what I said a couple weeks ago when they went to that uh, beach to do football, flag football. She was over. She was over it. She's been over it since before the engagement. Done. And so here's what I think is happening, right? So there were like some back and forth between Lindsay and Danielle, pretty much ending with the uh, rat house housewarming party in which they were like okay let's just take a break now if you guys watch friends i think people have very different definitions of what it is to take a break and i hate to like repeat myself but what i've said about Lindsay this whole time is that Lindsay lives in this black and white world in which take a break means we're taking a break and i'm not gonna i'm cool on you whereas danielle's thinking there's still an opportunity and I feel like somewhere in Danielle's heart, probably pretty front in there, that she was like, there's a chance. The window's still open. I feel like Danielle this whole time since that housewarming party has been waiting on Lindsay to put some more stock in their friendship as she said she was going to do. Before that conversation, I think Danielle clearly has no idea that Lindsay left the station hours ago, weeks ago. She's on to Matrimony Street and you're still in here at the friend station waiting for your friend to like pull up and it's not happening. The train is left and so is your friendship. So the showdown with Danielle and Lindsay begins with them drinking champagne with uh, one of Danielle's friends and Jerez, that guy that Gabby uh, was like, you're a cancer. No, thank you. <laughs> Something that you guys all shaded her on until Scandival happened. And then we found out when his birthday was and we were like, well, Gabby, maybe you made a point on that one. So also Jerez had like a serious knife in his pants. Did you guys notice that? Like, not a, I'm not using a euphemism. Like, he actually had a big-ass knife tucked in his pants. Don't know why. Um, so anyway, they all pour themselves, like, a glass of champagne and they cheers. And what, Danielle uses this moment to be like, this is what I would have preferred the engagement to look like. Because there's nothing more that I want to celebrate than I want is to celebrate your happiness. And I don't think you know that, Lindsay. And Lindsay goes, I don't. So Danielle says... I've been wanting to celebrate with you for a really long time. And Lindsay goes, okay, well, last Saturday was that opportunity. Danielle says, I absolutely agree with you. And Lindsay goes, yeah, yeah. So then Danielle tries to put out feelers there that she's been waiting for Lindsay to do something. And she says, you know, I found out about your engagement like 30 minutes before that. And this is where it's over. Because Lindsay goes, yeah, he didn't want anybody to ruin the surprise. But then Yen- Yell says, you didn't think that that would ever hurt me? <laughs> well, <laughs> Danielle, 
Again, no, because she's not an active participant in a proposal. And so Lindsay says to Danielle, I didn't think it would hurt you. What, a moment between best friends? Why would that ever hurt you? At this time, Amanda and Craig are coming downstairs. They can hear what's going on in the kitchen. So they're like, oh, let's go sit on that bench by the front foyer that Madonna's boyfriend was sitting at earlier this season, right? So that they can eavesdrop. So then here comes this conversation. And I think it'll be very clear because I don't want to be like Danielle said, Lindsay said, Danielle, because it's about to go on for a couple minutes here. So I just trust and believe that you guys will know who's who, because if you watch the episode, Danielle is hysterical, basically. We're, we're, well, we're flirting with hysteria. Whereas Lindsay, flatline. Nothing. Nada. <laughs> so I think you'll know by the voice who I'm, who I'm referring to. I'm going to start off with Danielle saying... I thought I meant something to you. I thought you did too. And you didn't think that was going to hurt? That I was going to hurt from that? You didn't think that everything you said this summer was hurting me? So that's what you're thinking. Because I thought you guys were too moving too fast. That you guys were just going to cut me out of this monumental part of your life? Correct. You think I don't want to be happy for you? That's fucking crazy. Correct. So now Amanda and Craig can see through the living room that Maya and Sierra are trying to get in through the kitchen. But they're like, no, 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 no. Hand under the neck, like, don't come here in here right now. So they're like, what the hell is going on? Why are they saying it? So Craig manages to sprint from the foyer to the living room out the back so that he can tell them. They're having like a full on war here. They might swing at each other. <laughs> Why Craig thought this was turning into celebrity death match, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But then everybody's like, okay, let's run around to the side of the house and into the front door so that we don't disturb them, right? <clears throat> so back to Danielle. I have been through every single breakup you've had. You're right. And you don't think I want you to be happy? You want to know why? The second I started dating Carl, you said no. If you see it from that perspective, Lindsay, you were so wrong. You don't think that I would have put everything aside and put out the fucking fireworks for you? Uh, well, you've proven me otherwise, Danielle, this summer. I would have done everything for fucking you. Everything. I'm sure. Don't you look at me with your fucking smug face right now. Why are you yelling at me? Because you don't get it. You don't get how much I fucking care for you. No, I don't. Because of how you treated me this summer, I don't. I was here for you for fucking years. And same. No. No. What is wrong with you? You're literally coming out with me with no emotion and I could see it on your face. You don't give a shit about me. You don't give a shit about this friendship and I'm not going to let you point the finger at me. Okay. <laughs> 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. <laughs> so then Daniel says, look at your face right now. You don't care about me. I would take off the clothes off my back for you. And now I'm realizing I'm a fucking idiot for ever thinking that that. What you're doing right now is exactly who you are. And now I see it as clear as day. It's a nail in the coffin. We're done. <laughs> We've been done, sweetheart. Oh, sweetheart. Oh my God. Really? Okay. You're a monster. You're a monster. I'm not going to let you ruin my entire weekend. You already did that to my husband. Oh, your husband. <laughs> what are you guys already fucking married now? Jesus Christ. But you're not invited. I'm happily not invited. <laughs> Lindsay walks out back into the backyard danielle rounds the corner to find maya craig amanda are all in the foyer and she immediately is like (laughs) 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 on the ground like you would have thought somebody fucking died maya and this is where i'm saying maya's getting a little strange for me smiling smiling while she's hugging danielle it's okay, Danielle. We're all here for you. And Sierra's like, you know, we were listening. We were trying to give you the space to let you do your thing and talk to her. But we're also here when you came out of it. And Danielle's like, this is exactly what I needed. <laughs> I needed this. And the, Maya's like, yeah. Like, what are we on? Fast and the Furious? This is what friendship looks like. This is family. This is what it looks like, Danielle. Friendship. And at this point, this is where I have to like kind of break down where I think is go what I think is going on emotionally and why I do feel empathy for Danielle. It's really hard to watch somebody have so much emotion towards somebody who's giving you nothing, even if it's justified. And they're just like, it's just hard to watch when somebody's like, I think we still got stuff here. And the other person is done, 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 done. And has been for a long time. And they're now realizing in real time, all this hope that you had (laughs) for this relationship to be fixed has been over. It's been over. And in that regard, I do find it sad. And I do feel empathy for Danielle. But I also feel like it's very clear that Danielle has no perspective on her participation in how their friendship got to where it is. I do ultimately, and I will say, and I think this is a hot take, that Lindsay 
didn't take as much responsibility for her participation or lack thereof in their friendship. Because she admitted it. She admitted it to Danielle and said, I'm going to work harder on asking you what you need, trying to be there for you, trying to like check in on you emotionally, um, blah, blah, blah. She admitted that. And so I, I don't lose sight of that, but I also feel like Danielle has not communicated with Lindsay well at all. <laughs> And I, I, I don't want to say like she deserves this, but I, I see how we got here and it makes me sad that she doesn't. It makes me sad that she doesn't seem to understand how she got here. So then Lindsay tells Carl outside that Danielle started by toasting her and it sounded like they were going to have a civil conversation. She just kept it clean and calm and Danielle hated that she was so chill and she couldn't deal with it. So then she goes... Oh, you know, she said I had such a smug face. And I was like, yeah, I shut it down. I stop caring when somebody treats me the way you did. Because she was the one who abandoned the friendship. And she's not smart enough. Danielle is not smart enough to understand that. And Carl just looks away and says, yeah. And this is a point where I have to say again, that I do feel like Carl doesn't want to express to Lindsay that he has maybe a little bit more grace or maybe he's seeing the situation a little bit differently than she is but he can't say that because that's his partner now and he already knows it's over and so it's like "Ah, well I'm just gonna say yeah I don't think he fully is on her side you guys I just don't now I also don't think he's happy with Danielle like that's very clear (laughs) that's very obvious but I think that Carl is also probably somebody who navigates his life or his emotions kind of similarly to Danielle. And so he sees like, Oh, she's having a hard time expressing what she really needs and what she wants. And there's clearly other things going on in her life that are unsatisfactory, you know, whatever they're not fulfilling her. And I think he feels empathy for her in that regard, but he's also like, "I, I, I see where Lindsay's coming from. Inside, Danielle's telling everybody, you know, the fact that we've all come so far and you guys are here in this moment, like, it's just pure love. And Danielle says, let them have each other. Let them just have each other. And I'm always going to be happy for them, but I guess it's just going to be from further away than I thought. And then she says, like, I'm going to take a minute and, like, try to, you know, rally or whatever. So, here, I mean, here's the other thing. Like, Danielle, you did say when Maya and Sam were talking to you about the fact that there might be an engagement, you stomped off and were like, well, I'm not going to be here next weekend if that's happening. So I don't think you can really believably say. And also, when you say things like they can just have each other, I we all, there's only one way to interpret that, you know? <laughs> that means, like, fuck them. Fuck, fuck them. They chose each other. They can just have each other. They deserve it, right? So to also be like, oh, you know, I was going to be happy for them. No, you weren't. We saw it. Not at one point in this process have you been truly happy for them. Maybe at the housewarming? That's about it. <laughs> Kyle ends up finding Craig sitting by himself. And Craig's like, well, I'm just here because, like, inside's a war zone, dude. Like, there's no safe place to be. <laughs> He's acting like it turned into Fallujah over there. 
It didn't. So then he's like, you know, he says again, I thought they were going to swing at each other. And Kyle's like, oh, shit. And he tells him like, oh, you know, they were talking about how she wasn't invited to the wedding. And Kyle's like, fuck. So Craig goes, dude, Lindsay's like a good fighter, dude. (laughs) So Kyle's like, that's the thing. Lindsay can be completely wrong and still end up right. So then Kyle starts playing, or Craig rather, starts playing producer. And he's like, go, go over there. And talk to Lindsay and Carl about what's going on. So Kyle shuffles over there. Because he's got this like inflatable tiger costume. So he's shuffling over there. And I noticed that Carl was trying not to laugh as he walked up. Because Lindsay's like clearly (laughs) trying to have a a good, like a serious conversation with him. But again, this is where I'm thinking like, I don't don't think he's fully on, on Team Hubhouse here. Kyle goes up to them and he tries to figure out what's going on. But instead of asking Lindsay who was there and directly involved in the fight, he keeps asking Carl what is going on. So Lindsay, again, pretty chill, but you could tell she was annoyed. Like, okay, I'm going to leave so you guys can talk about this. So Carl says, I just don't know where we go from here because there's like a love and a history with Danielle. But the problem for me personally is that I think there are a lot of things that Danielle is struggling with internally and it's just hard. So Kyle says, do you think there's a world where they're not friends? And Carl says, yeah, totally. And it's really sad to see because I didn't think coming into this summer that that would be the one friendship that was going to derail. I thought it would be us two. (laughs) Quite a sketch. But anyway, inside Danielle's asking uh, Maya and her friend, how do you guys read that? Do you think I took things too far? Both of them say no. Maya says, honestly, I believe that Lindsay was far more antagonizing than you were. (sighs) I see what she's saying. I think she views Lindsay being so stoic as like antagonistic in a situation where Danielle felt a lot of emotion. I don't think she was intentionally trying to piss Danielle off. I think she's just over it. And I also think maybe there's a part of her who was a little bit enjoying that she was like Joe cool about this whole situation while Danielle looks a coconut, frankly. So Danielle tries to play it cool. Like we're going to get the party back on the rails, but then we see her go to the bathroom and she starts crying by herself, which frankly was something that she probably should have done when she found out that they got engaged. Otherwise we wouldn't have been in quite the mess that we are here. But anyway, too late too late. Sierra tries to have a conversation with Maya and Paige about the state of Danielle and Lindsay's fight. But then Maya gets super distracted again because she's watching Oliver like a hawk. He's taking a selfie with some chick. And I will say, unlike the girl that he was talking to at the bar, he was getting real close to a girlfriend with the camera. So she goes up. She's like, I gotta get a water, you guys. And I'm like, uh, okay. (laughs) So Paige asks Sierra, um, has Maya ever mentioned anything to you about ending things with Oliver? And Sierra says, yeah. And it's going to be really hard for me when they decide to end things, but it is what it is. Hard for you? (laughs) How? (laughs) Then we 
kind of end the show. We wrap up some things. Uh, Kyle and Amanda get a scene in which I guess we're supposed to think that it's romantic, that she finds him really annoying and how mean she is to him, but she loves him. And I have to tell you, like, as a natural born bitch, I hate the idea of this relationship. I want a soft life. (laughs) I want to be nice to you and I want you to be nice to me. And I don't want to constantly be like, Kyle, Kyle, stop doing that. Like, I don't want to. I'm not your mammy, bitch. I be a, be a man. I don't want to be annoyed by anybody. Like I understand that those things happen, you know, in moderation. But like I don't. We're not doing this like mean mommy, mean mommy thing. I'm not doing it because you know what? On Sex in the City, Miranda famously said nobody wants to fuck mean mommy, and that that stayed with me. That stayed with me. So anyway um what happens sam's boyfriend starts a drinks fight with maya which lends more credence to my idea that like maya was acting very strangely and out of character because she was clearly trying to hold it all together here she is running around that backyard trying to keep her titties up while pouring pineapple juice all over him be like come here oh <laughs> like it's very it's a lot um chris ends his storyline by i don't know throwing a bunch of women in the pool which another thing don't do that to me bitch don't do that to me chris don't throw any black women in the pool don't do that unless they tell you it's okay do not (laughs) like he was grabbing chicks that didn't even see him coming and just like tossing them in there like old trash (laughs) don't do that to me Mm -mm. this is no we're not doing that i'm not that not that fancy free never be that footloose anyway uh what else happens oh so maya tells oliver because she is all you know pineapple juice all over her body tells him to go into the bathroom with her and then she tells him put your hand over your mic and then she says you shouldn't be here right now or today and so oliver is he always like this is this always how he talks or is he wasted He's not really making sense. He's like, my goal was to be here for you. And then she says, I know what you're doing and you need to stop. Pull your shit together, please. So Oliver's like, I hear you. And Maya says, why would you cheat on me? Oliver says, I came to be with you. He keeps insisting, like, he came to be to this party to be some kind of support to her. Like, maybe... I'm doing you a favor so that people don't ask you all day, where is Oliver? But that seems like a much better alternative than whatever the hell we saw. And now you keep trying to have these very private conversations (laughs) in a public house full of cameras and microphones. And I'm not understanding why you did this. If you didn't want to talk about it, don't let that dude in your house and save it. Like, she could have kept it real cute and not even said anything about this text message she got and just been like, I'm not gonna do this. And we would have been none the wiser. But now we've seen you spend the whole episode trying to act like this very major storyline of which you've had nothing else going on this season, quiet as kept, respectfully. I do still like Maya. (laughs) And I think I'm one of the few people that do. But you met this guy on the show. You had this whole relationship and now to like want to navigate it privately in the house (laughs) don't make no sense, girl. And I have a feeling production is going to be pretty annoyed by that. And given the fact that like 
really didn't give us too much outside of this. I don't really know how much longer we have with Maya. And again, I think that's going to be a bummer to me and not many other people, but I, <laughs> I don't know what she was thinking. Um, she starts crying and he keeps saying like, I'm here for you, but like, I'll leave if you want me to, but I'm still here for you. And, and I need you to know that. And so she keeps telling him to go. And eventually he walks out. I don't think we see Oliver again. Craig, the producer, I don't know how the hell he got wind of this, but he tells Kyle, I feel like there's something going on between Maya and Oliver. She's been acting aggressive, which is something that I would usually balk at. Don't use that word towards black women. But the, <laughs> the fact of the matter is she was doing like WWE wrestling over a bottle of pineapple juice. And it just seemed like a lot. It was a little bit aggressive. The evening and the season ends up winding down. Guests are leaving. Danielle's in the bathroom with her friends saying she wants to go home. And they're like, woo, 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 girl. You did nothing wrong. It's not your fault. It's just so frustrating that Lindsay, that somebody would treat you the way she did. And they all tuck her into bed in her outfit they're like we'll, we'll turn the lights out girl and danielle's like what time is it she's like, it doesn't matter go to bed woo 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 sleep 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 girl bye <laughs> and kyle says in a confessional the summer is one for the books very different i've known Lindsay, carl and danielle for going on 10 years now and it's a bummer that we couldn't find a way to get them all on the same page I always thought that no matter what happens, we can figure this out. But now I'm like, I don't, I don't know. And then everybody, but Danielle takes her clothes off, holds hands and jumps in the pool. And that's a wrap on, what are we, season seven? <laughs> I, for some reason, like, I just don't care what season, I, I, it just never really stays in my mind uh, of Summer House. And I will say that I am a little bit intrigued by the reunion. I'm very intrigued to see if we get any sort of information that might uh, explain Danielle's behavior a little bit more. Uh, it does seem like she talks about protecting them or not wanting to bring things up on the show. We'll see. Will this uh, help you at all? Don't think so but I guess we'll watch it. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Are we talking about Vanderpump Rules? <sighs> I'm so excited. All right.